Morning Teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. morning teachers you're listening to episode number 38 it's been a quick minute since we last chatted and i am so excited to be back i'm actually recording this in december before the holidays and it's going to air in january which is one of my favorite times of year the clean slate of a new year so welcome 2022 i know that this year has been a tough one for many of you out there and that maybe it's a little less exciting to think about a whole semester ahead of us But I want to encourage you that what you are doing makes a difference in the lives of your students. You may be doubting that right now, or you may just need to hear it from someone else. You are planting seeds and making a difference. You may or may not get to see the fruit of your work, but you are being diligent nonetheless. So I would encourage you to focus on the good things that are happening in your classroom. I know they are happening. And so try and change your mindset to focus on those. Now, since we're back with a new season, if you will, our team sat down to think through what are some of the most common questions we get, and many of them came down to this big category of lesson planning, or just more generally, instructional design. Questions like, how do you decide what to teach? What order do you teach concepts in? How long should you spend on a particular concept? These are all examples that we hope to address this month. So I would love to invite you to join us for the month of January as we focus on solid lesson planning. Now today, specifically, we're gonna focus on the very common education phrase of unpacking the standards. And I'm literally doing that in quotes because I feel like I've heard it so often. But really, what does it mean? Or better, what does it look like? And of course, why is it worth our very valuable time? As a little treat for you, we also have a lesson planning document freebie, and we get requests all the time about a succinct and organized document that you can use to plan your lessons, and so we thought this would be the perfect fit. You can grab it at maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 38. Okay, so let's do it. Now, first, I want to frame our mindset about today's episode. I think lesson planning can get a really bad rap because we have probably all had some sort of negative experience with lesson planning. That may be anything from super nitpicky lesson plans that seem extreme to lesson plans that were never really reviewed or no feedback was given to someone coming around and literally correcting your lesson plans. I have heard all of those stories, but I want to encourage you not to let that stop you. Lesson planning can be effective and purposeful. In fact, much like taking the time to create a to-do list to alleviate all that brain space that these various tasks are taking up, lesson planning can also be something that's used and referenced and revised. I like to envision what if my lesson plans didn't have to be written time and time again, right? And we know that the standards are the foundation for these said lesson plans. 
They tell us what students are expected to do, so we as teachers want to truly understand these standards. In fact, the greater our understanding of the standards, the more efficient and effective we can be at delivering instruction and planning the appropriate activities. In fact, one of our Maneuvering the Middle team members shared that at a school she taught at, the lesson planning documents had this little reminder at the top, emphasizing that when we thoroughly plan, we allow for better adjustments and adaptations, better delivery, and that lesson plans are ways in which we can collaborate and get feedback. So I hope that's giving you a new mindset about lesson planning. We are never too experienced or too knowledgeable to not benefit from something that can improve our teaching practice. The more prepared we are to deliver the content, the more our students have to gain from it. So let's first talk about how you might utilize the standards when creating lesson plans. And this is gonna kind of cover the big picture and then I'll break it down into more specifics. So first of all, I want you to know I'm a huge fan of standards. I love that they provide a structure for learning that happens across grade levels and curriculum. But I also want you to know that they're not perfect. I can appreciate that there's a blueprint or a map, if you will, that guides in what we teach. But remember, there are going to be things, there's going to be holes, there are going to be grade levels that have maybe too many standards, there's going to be standards that maybe go too far in depth or not enough in depth. And so we have to just remember that they're not perfect, but we can work with them. Unpacking these standards help us to make sense of the content that we are responsible for teaching and then break them down into an actionable lesson. Now, before I kind of talk about that process, I want to talk about a few misconceptions that you may have or you may have heard. First, let's remember standards do not need to be taught sequentially or in isolation. They do need to be organized with a purpose, which is why there is no perfect scope and sequence that is used universally across a grade level. In fact, two neighboring school districts may have completely different scope and sequences for an entire grade level. Now, this is because there are so many standards and there are different ways to organize them, but we wanna be purposeful in how we do that. Did you know that the sixth grade Common Core state standards have 29 standards that they are responsible for? And many of the standards have actual substandards or subsets. So if you incorporate all of those, we're talking about 48. There are very few standards that could be covered in one day or that could be covered in isolation. Those would be the exception. In most cases, standards are woven together and they're intended to be taught that way as well. One lesson may have part of one standard, part of another. They may be scaffolding to get to the full content or the full depth of that standard. So those are all common things to keep in mind. Also, we don't want to look at the standard and say, there's one way for this concept to be taught. And I think that's what's so beautiful about math. There are so many ways to solve a problem, and we want to expose our students to different ways. And so that is one thing that I appreciate about the standards is there are certain standards in which there is a specific method or a specific example or a type of model that they are asking for. But generally, the way that we communicate the um, learning to students or communicate the different ways to go about solving the problem is up to us as teachers. Now, if you are doing this breaking down of the standards at a campus level, then it's always preferable to work 
on this part collaboratively. So that way you have the experience of many different teachers in the same room. In fact, my favorite time to do this is in the summer because it can seem like a lot of extra work, or maybe it's not worth your very valuable time when you're planning during PLC. But in the summer, it can be more purposeful, and that then you can use that throughout the year. Now, I thought it would be fun to share how our Maneuvering the Middle team has done this over the past few years, and this is a process that we've refined over and over again. But most recently, we took on an Algebra 1 curriculum project, and four of our team members met We read the standards together, we discussed them fully, we made notes about what could this look like or what are some different methods in which this would be taught. We categorized them based on different factors, verbiage, content, um, different things like that. We looked at how um, this question or how this content might appear in a question. And then we looked at eighth grade standards to see what holes or gaps or May, may a student have that they would need to um, fill before they actually approach the Algebra 1 standards. So clearly, you can probably see why this might be better suited for a summer project. If you haven't had the opportunity to do this with your team, then it might be worth revisiting later this summer. Okay, so now we've talked about the big picture of the standards and their importance, but let's talk about how we can unpack them. And to do this, I thought I would share an example from a sixth grade math Texas standard. And so it says, and it's labeled 67D, it says generate equivalent expressions using the properties of operations, and then it gives a colon with a list, inverse, identity, commutative, associative, and distributive properties. Now, you wanna go back just one step before this to know that this comes from the strand 6-7, which says the student applies mathematical process standards to develop concepts of expressions and equations. So we are developing concepts related to expressions and equations. Now the process standards are a whole nother list, but that's about the thinking behind it. And we're going to focus on generating equivalent expressions using the properties of operations. And then it lists them very specifically. So the first thing I like to do is just read the standard in its entirety, and then go ahead and read related standards as well. So if you're in Texas, anything with that 6-7 means it's going to be related. If you're in the Common Core stage standards, it works the same way. So those letters represent a um, domain, and then the numbers represent things that are related. So if I do this, I can see there's a related standard that asks students to determine if two expressions are equivalent using concrete models, pictorial models, and algebraic representations. That's 6-7-C. And so this is helpful because I can support my instruction of that overarching standard with concrete models and pictorial models. It gives me more information about how I can go about teaching this. Then I like to kind of create a little T-chart listing out what a student needs to know and what they need to be able to do. So those do's, if you will, are your verbs. What is the student expected to do? And so here it's pretty common in math. We're gonna hear apply, solve problems, represent, determine, calculate, things like that. So you wanna know that whatever the student is doing in class is the same as what that standard is asking so that we can support it. So in this example, generating equivalent expressions, that standard is asking them to generate. 
Well, generate is meaning that means that they are producing um, this new equivalent expression. So this is tricky because very frequently students are act, asked to identify the property. So the emphasis of the lesson can be on what is the property? What is the property? What is the property? But the real standard asks them to generate equivalent expressions using a property. So they need to know the properties, but they really know how, need to know how to use them appropriately so that they have two equivalent expressions. The no's, if you will, if we're going back to that chart, the no's are the content, the knowledge that the student must have to in order to execute that verb. So this is going to come from our nouns. I know it's sounding like a language arts lesson here, right? Students will need to know what these are in order to be successful. So in this case, again, students need to know how all of the properties function in order to generate equivalent expressions. So that's one thing that you can do in order to help break down that standard and really think about what your lessons may need to look like. Now, another best practice is to determine if the standard is more conceptual, procedural, or re relies on application. Here in Texas, they're very clear. Frequently, the standard says, apply blank. And so you want to think about what the emphasis is there. And obviously, we want to incorporate all of those things. We'll actually talk more about concrete um, procedural application, all of those things in some upcoming podcasts. But we want our lessons to be well-rounded while still focusing on what the standard is asking. And then lastly, we may want to look at vertical alignment. So it may be worth going to achieve the core if you're a common core teacher or visiting um, a vertical alignment document that we have. And I'll link in the show notes if you're a Texas teacher. I like to read the standards that are connected from the previous year to see what they're coming in, what knowledge they should already have. And obviously we're gonna have to refresh them or maybe reteach some of those, but they have been exposed to it, right? And so we wanna know that so that we are better prepared when we get to this standard or this lesson. And then we want to be able to write an objective or a um, I can step statement that just basically explains what we want students to be able to do. So do we want them to be able to generate on that day? Are they generating equivalent expressions today? Or maybe at this point, they're identifying properties so that they can generate equivalent expressions. So just think about that and think about what are they doing in this lesson in order to get them to the standard. Okay, so we've talked about the big idea behind lesson planning and breaking down the standards. I kind of walked you through an example. And then one other thing I want to share with you is just the idea of a big idea or an essential question. So big ideas are concepts that transcend the entire unit. They help students connect the content to their real lives and make it relevant. So perhaps students won't walk away from your data and statistics unit remembering exactly how to find the steps for mean absolute deviation, right? But they will take that big idea that data can be represented graphically in order to solve problems and draw conclusions. Essential questions are just as important. These are, these, these are reoccurring questions that can be asked all unit long, and they're designed to have students help come to that light bulb moment. They allow open-ended discussion from your students, and they have multiple or different answers that stretch our students' thinking. 
So I like to use those at the beginning of the unit to kind of pique your student interest, or you can use it at the end to help summarize or synthesize the learning that they have been taking, that's been taking place. And so we're actually going to cover questioning strategies next week in our next episode, but I thought about an example that might be helpful is when we're talking about those data and statistics standards, if we talk about what patterns do you notice when analyzing data sets, or how can statistical information be helpful in real life? These are all essential questions that we want our students to be able to generalize and take away from our learning. So as a quick recap, instructional planning can be purposeful and breaking down the standards is one way to ensure that you are spending that precious class time on the most important learning. We can do that through effectively unpacking the standards, focusing on what students are asked to know and to be able to do, and ensuring that we're making connections to the big ideas of the unit so that kids can take this valuable learning and apply it outside of the classroom. The world needs more problem solvers, right? Now remember to visit maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 38 for that lesson planning template I mentioned at the beginning. I'm hoping that you, these episodes are making your commute to work just a little more enjoyable and that you're able to take a few ideas and make them work for you in your classroom. If you've been enjoying the podcast, then we would love a five-star review. It helps us to be found by other teachers just like you. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 38. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.